You're listening to a Toronto Centre podcast. Welcome. The goal of TC Podcasts is to spread the knowledge and accumulated experience of global leaders, experts, and world-renowned specialists in financial supervision and regulation. In each episode, we'll delve into some of today's most pressing issues as it relates to financial supervision and regulation. The financial crisis, climate change, financial inclusion, fintech, and much more. Enjoy this episode. Hi, everyone. I'm Jerry Lewis, and welcome to another virtual learning segment brought to you by Toronto Centre. Today, I'm here with Babaka Basade, CEO and President of Toronto Centre, and we're going to talk about a topic that many organizations have either struggled with or have had to very quickly adapt to in the wake of this pandemic crisis, and that is business continuity planning, or BCP, as we're known to call it now. So Babak, first, great to see you. You're looking great. Thanks for being with us. Great to be here, Jerry. Thank you. And, uh, you know, I was just reflecting on this. Jerry, you've been working with Toronto Center for 20 years. That's incredible. I've been here for 10 years. So you have uh, forgotten more about this place than I've learned in the last 10 years. So <laughs> it's great to be talking to you. And everywhere that I travel, um, you know, people ask me sometimes, uh, how's Jerry doing? So that's great. Oh. That's really, it's good to talk to the celebrity. I thought you were interviewing me, but I'm... <laughs> I'm interviewing you. Okay. Right. <laughs> it was great to be here. And just so everyone knows, I was five when I started at Toronto Center. Um, so let's get to the question. So my first question for you, Babak, is has to do with, um, you know, the fact that Toronto Center, it, its hallmark is its action planning methodology. And anyone who's gone to a Toronto Center program will know this. And action planning is about putting a plan together. So my question to you about this is, does that make business continuity planning or BCP somewhat second nature to Toronto Center? Was it an easy thing to do because you do action planning? Jerry, um, the answer is a big emphatic yes. I mean, when you do action planning, you really are trying to prepare yourself for a future situation. And business continuity plan is something that's embedded in our action planning, whether it's taught explicitly or is implicit as part of the various uh, components of the action plan. And, uh, you know, action plans are taught in our courses, uh, not uh, basically as an independent module in the afternoons and in the morning, we cover various big issues and big concerns of corporate governance and all that. Uh, and also let's, let's take a perspective on that. Uh, it's not the plans themselves, in my view, and you know, if you talk to any expert, they're not really that important on their own as a document. I mean, how many times have you had the best plan in the world and as soon as you try to implement them, the plan was already outdated? Mm -hmm. It's really the planning process. It's really how you plan. That's what's key. And that's what our action planning process provide. And that's what business continuity planning is all about, right? Yeah. For example, um, we ourselves, uh, probably like many other organizations, had a pandemic scenario in our business continuity plan, which we developed a few years ago. Uh, but when we assess the risk, and you know, every good uh, BCP has to have risk assessment in it, we never ever imagined this pandemic would be a truly global one. We thought it would, be, would break out in a few countries or a regional one and that we could uh, easily handle it because if one place goes down, we're still busy there. But this is, a big kick in the teeth uh, pandemic that is affecting every one of us yeah. everywhere in the globe, right? So, yeah. 
So we had to update I, I our was, own. I was just saying to someone that this is the this is something that every single person around the globe is experiencing it. So it's not it's not um, it hasn't passed anyone where they didn't have to deal with it. Everyone is dealing with this pandemic at the exact same time. And we're, we're adjusting all the time and we're lucky that with all these technological advancements, although we haven't had a lot of experience using Zoom or yeah. other platforms, we are quickly adapting. And uh, <laughs> I'm actually, I'm, I'm becoming a Zoom jockey. Maybe I should work for Zoom uh, Health Center. I don't know. Uh, Oh, I, I think that I think that headphone looks very natural on you. I think that you can you can absolutely become the Zoom master now. Yeah, um, I was worried. Me, I was worried with this headphone. I thought people were thinking I'm just uh, mixing music or something. But it's actually <laughs> a very comfortable headphone for me, and it works very well because, as Great. you probably have experienced in Zoom, is the sound quality, and yes. the, the more you can isolate the sound, the higher the enjoyment of the experience of the viewer. So that's what we're trying to achieve. So sorry about the goofy look, but uh, it is Not part of what we do. So, so to, to kind of summarize there, even though you are experienced with action planning and, and business continuity planning, for you as Toronto Centre, it was still a very, you had to adjust as you go. That's what I got from your, from your response. So let me ask you this next question then. So the next question basically deals with um, what lessons or insights would you walk away with after this planning process? You know, what aha moments did you get in terms of, you know, wow, I, I, next time I'm going to do this? Good question. I think the most significant insight I gain is it's at the end of the day, it's all about people. Mm -hmm. Anything you put down on a piece of paper is a piece of paper, but people can be ingenious. People can be very agile. People can be very adaptive. Uh, just how clever, how innovative our team has been. Uh, you know, the many sacrifices that they have had to make day in, day out to make sure the lights are on, programs are going, just the planning process that went into it. I end up discovering abilities in my team that I hadn't seen before, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, that's what crisis and BCB planning does. And uh, I just want us to show the audience a picture of our makeshift uh, studio <laughs> uh, that we created. I don't know. Have you seen that picture, Jerry? I, you know what? I'm putting it up right now. There you go. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. here you are. I mean, let's take a look at it. So, I mean, we have this background. This is our typical uh, boardroom. And uh, the light fixture, it's not a fancy one, but you also see a cardboard box, right? So whatever it takes, we did whatever it took to be able to be back on to show and prove that the lights are on, that we are active, and this is part of what we do. So well, I'm, now you know, I'm and, curious, Babak, if, if, the, if the cardboard box is still there. <laughs> Jerry, I think it's still there. Absolutely still there. And I think we'll be here for a while because all stores are closed. How are we going to get anything? And when you try to order things from Amazon, it takes a long time for it to get yeah. here. But, well, also, you, yeah. but also, sorry, let me underscore this point. Sorry to cut you off. Um, it wasn't just to communicate with our people and others. We are also pushing out really good substantial information. For yeah. example, just this morning, uh, we had our third uh, chapter of our pandemics and financial stability webinar. And at each of these sessions, over 300 people from more than 30, 35 jurisdictions representing all time zones have registered, participated, provided really good questions. We've had really excellent experts yeah. I think this is a real service 
for our supervisory and uh, regulatory community and also for ourselves to yeah. keep challenging ourselves to make our offerings more relevant. So this is one of the benefits of uh, an active live BCP, one yeah. of the benefits of adapting and adjusting. Well, to your point, I'm just going to take a moment then to show the audience. Um, these are the three, here you go. So these are the three live uh, pandemic and financial stability webinars that you were talking about, Babak in terms of what, and this was the last one we did on the right-hand side was the one from today, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, and Jerry, these are all in response to, you know, that famous saying, unknown unknowns. It's yeah. only really during this time of pandemic you realize what are the unknowns that you didn't even know. So we always talk about, we always talk about known unknowns, but this was an unknown unknown and everyone um, did whatever they could. I mean, execution may not be perfect, but right. the fact is, it's out there. We're doing it and we're learning. We're improving at every step. And that's very encouraging. Well, in terms of lessons and insights, and I think what I got from this one here, you mentioned that it's very much about people. It's very much about the unknown unknowns and to really figure it out together. But yesterday when we talked, you also said what was really an important lesson and insight was the fact that your board was very um, encouraging and positive about this. Talk to me a little bit about the importance of having sort of that leadership encouragement to make sure these things happen the way they could happen. Yeah, we're blessed with a very strong board. And in fact, just to give you a sense, our chair, Governor mm -hmm. Stefan Ingves, is right now in the thick of the uh, uh, financial uh, uh, fallout crisis of this pandemic at the European level, at the Swedish level. He injected uh, more than 500 billion Swedish kroner into mm -hmm. their system to keep their banks liquid. Uh, the head of OSFI, uh, Jeremy Rudden, who's on our board of directors, uh, you, you see in uh, some of the announcements that he has about uh, capital requirements for the banks that are easing and other things. And I could go on and on and on. You know, it's a very busy board, but they're very supportive of us. Mm -hmm. They have uh, given us a challenge to what is your plan and uh, we gave them our plan and we were updating on them. So we we're blessed with that. And also funders, our funders, every one of them has been very understanding, very sympathetic. And for them, our safety is the most important thing. And what we are trying to do, we're trying to deliver on our mission, which is really a fiduciary responsibility of our board and also of our funders and also for ourselves. We are professionals who really care about what we do. We are talking to countries. We're trying to offer them services, sometimes for free now, yeah. and also uh, mm -hmm. making sure that they uh, obtain the best information on anything and do a rapid response, high quality uh, programming for them. It's not, I have to, you know, um, be very clear and manage expectations. This is not during this period, a full physical replication of a physical program into the world of virtual. That doesn't work ever, but, what can we provide now that is meaningful, actionable, they can use, can help them? That's what yeah. we're seized with. Well, it's a great, thank you for that response because I got some very good nuggets out of that. Number one, in terms of lessons and insights, you talk about the importance of people, the, the passion and compassion of people to make a plan work. The second thing I heard was the importance of having leadership endorsement because I think that as passionate as individuals are, if they don't have that sort of guidance and support from above, it's not going to happen. 
And I think the third thing you mentioned, which is so true to Toronto Center and me having been there for that long, I also know it's, it is business as usual. Things still need to happen. And I think that by this virtual sort of learning environment you've created, you're able to do that. And it's just about, let's just get things done. So thank you for that. I am grateful in more ways that I can say, like I get calls uh, uh, from a board member on the weekend saying, how are you doing? How's your family? How's your team? Are you all safe? We had told them that one of our program directors came to Canada literally two days after the borders were shut down. Uh, he was returning back from Colombia with his family and we were all like very uh, uh, anxious to make sure he gets in. And then a board member calls me on Wednesday afternoon saying, did he arrive? You know, so that's really gratifying to hear that yeah. people care so much, right? So it it is really the Toronto Center family. I do, I do think, you know, not to be too holistic about it. I do think that we are all going to come out of this better in many ways. So yeah. let me go to my next question, um, and that is in relation to the fact that um, here's the question. You know, you've talked to. Um, several uh, supervisors in, in these sessions, and they've also shared with you sort of some of their best practices as well as what they do with business continuity plan. Anything you can share with us? Like what, what are other people doing that we can learn from? Yeah, one of the, that's a, that's a very good question and appropriate and timely. And I think uh, I'd like to talk more about it during the course of this uh, uh, recording. Uh, it was evident from the very first uh, pandemics and financial stability session that we had, webinar that we had, that um, questions that we were getting, an overwhelming number of them, and we got lots of questions from the audience, were about uh, business continuity planning. And the reason is this, one of our speakers, he actually said business continuity plans are very important, have to cover this and that. The most honest question I got, Jerry, was from one of our viewers, who said, uh, okay, BCPs are important, but what if we don't have a BCP? What <laughs> do we do? What do we do now? We're in the eye of the storm, right? So it, that's interesting. That level of honesty, brute honesty yeah. is very interesting. And it's important for them as a supervisory agency to have their own BCP. It's mm -hmm. important for their banks and institutions they supervise to have a BCP. And go, I go back to what I started earlier. Many of us have had BCPs in the past, but has any BCP really been ready for a pandemic yeah. of this nature? I mean, that's a fair question to ask, right? Yeah. Very good. Yeah. And, and the speaker I'm talking about, Sokora Heisen, uh, also in the second um, webinar, she's our, one of our newest board members, the head of supervisory agency of Peru also made a point regarding that. And Carl Hiralal, uh, the chair of our advisory board on insurance and pensions in the very first webinar. He was the culprit who started talking about the BCP as part of his comments, which were very appropriate. So yeah. And then it, wow. this, theme, this, this theme carried through all the various uh, webinars we've had, including the one I recorded today. Well, I, I think it's a very good point. I, I think it's almost unfair to try to capture all the best practices that came out from these uh, virtual webinars that you had. But the great thing is they're all on Toronto Center's website. So anyone who missed it, they're able to join on those as well and really listen in. I, I heard a couple of them myself and the, the dialogue has been incredible. But let me get to my final question for you then, Babak. 
basically it's a marathon. As I, what I call it, it's a marathon. This whole pandemic piece is like a marathon. It's not a sprint. We can't just kind of race to a finish line. In fact, we don't even know when the finish line is going to be. So my question to you in, in this theme of marathon is how is Toronto Centre continuing to support supervisors and regulators as they work through their own BCP going forward? What, how, can we, how can we help supervisors and regulators really? Yeah. So Jerry, um, let's take a quick uh, panoramic view. Uh, and you've been to several of our Toronto Centre programs on the ground. You've seen how they run. Mm. I've always thought of ourselves as supervisors without borders. Okay. We, go, we have been going to various countries, <laughs> providing support, short of doing firefighting, which is really yeah. the domain of IMF and some of the other uh, big agencies. We've been at the forefront of trying to help them, support them, uh, doing crisis simulations, help them with risk-based uh, supervision. Mm. Uh, and that avenue right now is close to us. Travel bans around the world. Nobody right. can go anywhere, right? right? So what do we do? So we have decided to create a virtual supervisory guidance um, system, function, call it whatever okay. you want. So think of it as a virtual supervisors without borders. So okay. what, does that in, what does that entail? That entails us being proactive and talking to our various countries that we work with and picking up the phone, uh, activating the Zoom, WhatsApp, and talking to them saying, okay, we know you're shell-shocked. We know you're under a lot of strain. I know there are supervisory agencies where people cannot even come to the office right now, but they have to deal with huge systemic issues that yeah. they're working with now. Yeah. What kind of a support can we provide you? If you don't have a lot of time, uh, would you be interested if we adjusted that module for something that is a lot less uh, taxing in terms of time and provided that specific guidance? And uh, but one concrete thing that we've done during this uh, for this virtual activity is we have activated a new communities of practice okay. on business continuity planning. In fact, I'd like to put up a flyer that yeah. we have Maybe about the first. Yeah, yeah, thank you. If you can, I can talk yeah. about it. Uh, so this business continuity planning uh, okay. community of practice is um, a forum to empower supervisors to look at their business continued planning. So as you see, we have a special uh, session organized via Zoom on yeah. April the 8th at 9 a.m. Eastern time, which is Toronto, New York time. And uh, it's going to be run by uh, uh, Ms. Chen Hui uh, Ng, who is a program director of Toronto Centre based out of Singapore. And she's going to involve uh, amazing experts to come uh, and help supervisors through a working session, exchange of information to help them out in this. And already we're getting a lot of registrants. It is a um, limited space. Mm -hmm. uh, we are going to offer additional ones, but I encourage people to look at it and go there. And also uh, if they have any questions, send their emails. We have created a special email called crisis at torontocenter.org. Okay. And that's important, Jerry, because crisis yeah. is synonymous with our name. And I don't mean that we are creating crisis. It's far <laughs> from that. <laughs> Toronto Centre was established in the aftermath of the Asian financial crisis in 1998. Yeah. 
And we started in earnest uh, developing strong uh, crisis simulation and crisis preparedness programs for a long time. And since 2008, I've just counted, we have done more than 120 uh, crisis simulations around the world. Uh, some of them for regions, some of them at the international level, but quite a lot of them for specific countries. And, and some of them also very um, tailored, specific. And we've done them for all kinds of jurisdictions, advanced, developing. We did one for all eight Nordic and Baltic countries. Mm -hmm. And we've done them for countries in Africa, Asia, Latin America. So that's one area that we are going to do more, provide more support for our community. And we have launched a center of excellence for crisis preparedness to help. And all of that information you can mm -hmm. tap into by sending an email to register your interest, crisis at torontocenter.org. And the well, same email is for our business continuity planning as well. Excellent. And sorry to interrupt, but I was just going to say congratulations on being recognized as the center of excellence for crisis as well. I saw the announcement. And my other question was, how do people access? And you've answered that for me as well by simply crisis at torontocenter.org. Um, or better yet, join that uh, webinar on April the 8th, as you mentioned earlier, to really kind of get a flavor of what uh, and how, more importantly, Toronto Centre can support you. Because I, I, I think if one thing I learned from this uh, chat with you, Babak, is that business continuity planning is, is an ongoing thing. You might even have a plan. You might even be starting your plan. But the fact that this crisis, we have no real end date or end line to this of normalcy. This plan is a continuous evolving exercise. And Toronto Centre is here to help. Is that correct? It's correct. And Jerry, um, um, there's a famous quote out there. I'm sure you probably heard it, but it's very appropriate for the time. So that big boxing champion, Mike Tyson, is quoted often saying that everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. So <laughs> let, me, let me put it in perspective for you. Which of us has not been punched in the, in the mouth as a result of this pandemic? I think every one of us, right? One way or another. So I go back to my basic premise. Plans are great, plans are good, but plans become useless as soon as you enter into the crisis. So it's the planning process and updating that is the key because that's what keeps you sharp. That's what keeps you active. That's where your ingenuity comes across. And that's what we're trying to do. We are, we are energized by this experience. Yeah. We want to help countries in a more systematic way to help themselves, right, in this area. Well, Babak, I can definitely see the, the passion and enthusiasm in you, which I'm sure cascades to your team as well. My final slide is basically to say that, you know, um, this broadcast is going to be also archived on the Toronto Centre website, but we're also making this into a podcast as well. And if you haven't already tuned in to the Toronto Centre podcast channels, please do so. You can listen to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify for many uh, great sessions that we've already had with Toronto Centre. So, um, Babak, I just want to say, I think we could have kept on talking forever, but it was great spending some time with you. And uh, any final thoughts? Yeah, just one final thought. First of all, thank you so much, Jerry. Uh, it's very important to get this message out. But also, you know, I know I gave everybody a website, uh, sorry, an email address, but also I do want to underscore the countries that we've been working with over the years, they know our program directors. You each have a favorite program director you worked on, whether it's Shalina, whether it's Juan, whomever, I don't want to name or not name one because all of them are our stars. Contact them directly. They're very keen. They're very interested to help you. 
and they want to hear from you. And uh, you know that is actually even better than sending an email to an email address, but that email address also helps us to direct information in a more systematic way. So there's multiple ways of contacting Toronto Center. If you want to contact me, Bobak at torontocenter.org, and I'm happy to forward your request to the appropriate person as soon as possible. So stay in touch, and uh, we're here to help. Great. Thank you very much, Bobak. And uh, let's talk again soon. Okay, great. You're on. Great. Thank you. Mm -hmm.